0: This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Well, we're now in James chapter three of this sermon series. And um, I chose to, to use the translation from the um, Evangelical Heritage Version. I don't know if you knew this, but the Bible is originally written in Hebrew in the Old Testament and Greek in the New Testament. And you can go to Bible apps like the YouVersion Bible app or websites like BibleGateway.com and you can look at all the different ways that people have translated the, the Greek into the English. And, and I thought this uh, translation really brought out some of the nuances of the Greek. And so usually we use the NIV or New International Version. I decided to use this version today. James chapter 3, beginning in verse 2. To be sure... We all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a fully mature man able to bridle his whole body as well. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they will obey us, we also guide the whole animal. And consider ships, although they are very big and are driven by fierce winds, yet they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it also boasts great things. Consider how a little flame can set a large forest on fire. And the tongue is a fire. It is set among the parts of the body as a world of unrighteousness that stains the whole body, sets the whole course of life on fire, and is set on fire by hell. Indeed, every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and sea creature is being tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no one is able to tame the human tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers, these things should not be this way. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you ever said something you wish you could take back? I think it usually happens like this. Uh, there's somebody that's, that's close to you, somebody that you deeply care about, and you're very angry with them, and and usually anger is like a, a secondary emotion. Uh, usually there's something behind that anger, maybe a fear or a worry or a concern, but it kind of manifests itself in anger. And that, that anger is burning so hot inside of you. It, it's so painful inside of you that, that it comes out and it comes out on somebody closest to you. And because they're close to you, you instinctively know they're jugular. You know what to say that will hurt them the most. You know what their insecurities are, their fears are, their values are, whatever it is. And so you say something um, instinctively that you know will land a punch. Nobody ever liked you, anyways. I wish I never knew you. I wish you were never born. I hate you. And these words come out of your mouth. They're like a a runaway rabbit. You can't grab them. They they run away from you. Or or like toothpaste that that comes out of the tube. You, You can't put them back in. You immediately regret what you say, but there's nothing you can do about it. And it's happened so often that that, that you know you need to to change. You know you you should stop doing this because you can look at the pattern of of ruined relationships in your past or severed relationships, things that you've said that you wish you could take back. and, And why do we keep doing this? Well, today we're continuing our sermon series, Faith Works. We're looking at the the letter written by James, and we've talked about this before. James is Jesus' half-brother, and while Jesus was preaching, James did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. But after the resurrection, James became a devoted follower of Jesus, the leader of the church in Jerusalem, and he actually believed in Jesus so strongly that he gave up his life as a martyr for the faith. And now he's writing this letter to fellow Jewish Christians, and And his concern with with these Jewish Christians is is not that they would just believe the information that Jesus is the Messiah, but that they would put that into action. And one of the ways that he believes that faith works is how we speak, how we use our tongues. And so here's the question I want to answer today. How can we control the words that come out of our mouth? And to answer that question, we're going to go back to this letter. Uh, go back to verse 2 of James chapter 3. And James begins by saying, we all stumble. Nobody's perfect. He says, to be sure, we all stumble in many ways. Nobody's perfect. But if there was one area that you could really improve on, this would change everything. He said, if anyone does not stumble in what he says... He is a fully mature man, able to bridle his whole body as well. So we all stumble. We all have our faults. Nobody's perfect. But if there was one area that you could control, if you could somehow control your mouth, you would be a fully mature person. In fact, he says, if you could bridle your mouth, you know, the, the bridle, that harness you put on horses, if you could harness your mouth, you could control your whole life. In fact, he goes on to use that as an illustration. He says, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they will obey us, we also guide the whole animal. So you think about a great big horse, this this powerful animal that, that, that you couldn't push over because it's way stronger than any human being, could trample any one of us, and yet, if you put this little piece of metal inside of the mouth of a horse, you can guide that great, big, strong animal. The same is true for us. If you could just control this little organ inside of our mouth, if you could just control this, 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 this little muscle inside of our mouth, you could control our whole life. He uses another, another illustration. He says, and consider ships, although they are very big and are driven by fierce winds, yet they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it also boasts great things. So there are ships that are as big as this room that can withstand great big waves and thunderstorms and and are very powerful, and yet there's this little rudder that guides the ship wherever you want it to go. Same is true with us. The way we use our mouth guides the places we want to go. It changes our destiny. This very little thing makes great boasts, he said. It it boasts of great things. It can do great things, this, this little thing inside of our mouth. So here's what what James wants us to know control your mouth, control your life. If you could control your mouth, you could control your life. And you think about that. You think about some of the things that have come out of your mouth or some of the things that have been said to you that have changed the destiny of 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 your life. Things like, we are moving, we are staying. You're hired. You're fired. I love you. I hate you. Will you marry me? It's over. I'm sorry. I forgive you. These simple two to three word sentences change the are ger- the trajectory of our life, change the destiny of our life. Once we say these things, our life will never be the same. They go in different directions because of the things that come out of our mouth. Control your mouth, control your life. And that would be so easy. The only problem is we have this sinful nature. That what seems to come easy to us, what seems to easily come out of our mouths, is not helpful things that build other people up, uh, things of, of, of love and encouragement, but reckless things, destructive things. So James uses another illustration. He says, Consider how a little flame can set a large forest on fire. And the tongue is a fire. It is set among the parts of our body as a world of unrighteousness that stains the whole body, sets the whole course of life on fire, and is set on fire by hell. So with one match, put in the right place, could start a forest fire. With one match, put in the right place, we could, we could burn this whole building down. One little match. And in the same way, one phrase, one tweet, one thing put on social media, one thing, and I could destroy my whole ministry. With one sentence, I could destroy my whole marriage. With with one sentence, I could destroy my whole destiny until to the point where, where I destroy my soul. And so control your mouth, control your life. And yet our mouth is so inclined to be destructive. And when you think about that, what are you going to do? We have a yellow lab at home. And when we got our dog, we realized this dog's got a lot of energy. We got to have it trained. And so we went to that training school, sit means sit. And they they put this collar on the dog and they train it. And so um, with with little taps and things like that and, and, and ways this, this collar signifies to this dog where it needs to go. And so when you open the door at our house, the dog has been trained to go to a certain mat or go to its kennel, things like that. It's been trained using this collar. And I was thinking, you know, if our mouth controls our life and our mouth can be so destructive, what if I just put that collar on my neck maybe, right? And gave the button to my wife and anytime I was about to say something... <laughs> James has thought about that and it's not going to (laughs) work. He says, "...indeed, every kind of animal, bird, reptile, sea creature is being tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no one is able to tame the human tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison." So eat, there, there's no way to completely train tongue. Maybe sometimes we can lose, you know, you learn some, some school, uh, skills or habits or, or learn ways to maybe kind of control it sometimes, but, but it's so restless. It's like a, a two-liter bottle that you shake up. If you, if you start to open up that cap, it's going to come out. And so that helps us answer our opening question. How can we control the words that come out of our mouth? We can't. Not always. Not completely. Why is that? Why why can't we with all of our effort and all of our control and all of our desire and all our willpower why can't we control everything that comes out of our mouth? Because James says there's a deeper problem. It goes deeper than just our mouth. He says in verse 9 With our tongues we bless our Lord and Father and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God, in the image of God. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth, my brothers. These things should not be this way. And so James reminds us what it says in the first page of the Bible. On the first page of the Bible, when human beings are created, it said that human beings are made in the image of God, in his likeness. And so James says, how can we as Christians come to church and praise God, worship God, pray to him, say, I love God, and then curse somebody who is made in God's image? How can we praise God and curse one of God's representatives? How can this be? It shouldn't be this way. Well, because our problems go deeper than our mouth. Here's how Jesus explained it. One of these phrases that you could think about for the rest of the day. Jesus said, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The reason we can't always control our mouth is because our mouth is just spewing out the things that are filling up our heart. And like I said, like, like that, that soda bottle that's been sh- shaken, it, it's all these things that are building up inside of us and they're just going to come out. Our mouth speaks what our heart is full of. What's coming out of our mouth signifies what's boiling in our heart, what's actually going in our heart. the reason it's, it's coming out as anger or fear or insecurity is because deep down we have a heart issue. So we can't control our mouths. We actually have to go deeper to change our hearts. When we lash out, maybe that's a signal that that we don't really believe what the Bible says, that that God does love us, that he does forgive us, that he does have a plan for our lives. These insecurities and these fears, they come out, they reveal something that we're not actually putting our faith to work. So here's what my encouragement is. I pray that, that you'd receive the good news today. And maybe what you need to know is you need to know that God is your rock. That, that when you're spewing out words of, of, of being afraid or spewing out words of anger, maybe it's because you've forgotten that God is your rock, your stability, that all the things that are going on in your life, God is still in control of. God is still with you. He's still guiding you. God is your rock. Maybe what you need to, to hear today is God is your redeemer. The reason the, the angry words or the, the words that you regret come out is because you have this deep sadness in your heart that you feel shameful and afraid and sad of some of the things that you've done and you don't actually believe that God has redeemed you. He's bought you back, that God loves you. So you need to hear again that you're forgiven. I pray that especially that would happen in the Lord's Supper today. As you take the Lord's Supper, that you would let this good news that you are forgiven and loved not just be something you have in your head, but as you would receive the Lord's Supper, you would receive that God is your rock and your redeemer. And then as your heart is at peace, peaceful words would then come out of your mouth. So what is a way that we could put this into practice on a day-to-day, moment-by-moment basis? I want to teach you a prayer that that I I opened up this sermon with. You you might have heard people say it. It comes at the end of Psalm 19. At The end of Psalm 19, that psalm ends with this prayer. I'm going to say it, you repeat it. I want you to learn this and put it into practice. Here we go, ready? I'll say you repeat. May the words of my mouth And the meditation of my heart heart. be acceptable to you, Lord, Lord. my rock and my redeemer. Redeemer. So you're about to have a, a conversation with your boss or a student or someone you work with. And you're really nervous because there's a lot of emotion behind this conversation and you're afraid that if you actually broach some of these topics and you actually talk about these topics, you're going to say some things that you are going to regret. And so before you have that meeting with that coworker, that student, or that boss, you can pray this prayer. Let's say it together. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And then you have that, that conversation with that extended family member. Maybe you're dreading the Thanksgiving meal that's coming up because you're going to be meeting with people. And the last time you met with that family member, things did not go well. You said some things that you regret, that you wish you could take back. And so before you have that interaction with that extended family member, you can pray this prayer. Ready? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And then you have to have that conversation with your teenager. And you know that every time you seem to broach some of these subjects with your teenager and you try to talk with your teenager, things blow up in your face. And you don't want that to happen this time. And not that this is some magic incantation that if you say this prayer, everything's always going to work out. But it it reminds you that God is your rock and your redeemer. And so before you have that conversation with your teenager, you're going to pray... May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And then you have to talk to your spouse. Your finances are getting out of control and you're concerned that that either you're overspending or they're overspending. You don't know what to do. And you really, there's been a lot of stress and you think every time we talk about money or every time we talk about how we discipline our kids or every time we talk about that issue, whatever it is, things blow up and we never get anywhere. And so before you have that conversation, you're going to pray, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Do you see how this prayer could just become the, the rhythm of your life that you're praying not just that the words that you say, but much deeper, those, those things that you meditate on, what's going on in your heart is actually something that God accepts and is pleasing because he is your rock. He is in control and you are redeemed. You are forgiven. I wish we could control our mouth. If we could somehow control our mouth, we could control our, our life. But we can't control our mouth because our mouth is connected to something much deeper to our heart. And, and what's in our heart is just going to come out of our mouth. And so those re- the, the reason that we've maybe lashed out at that person or, or yelled at that person or said those things to that person is not necessarily all because of what's going on in their life or what's going on in that scenario. It's a lot to do with what's going on in our hearts. So we might not be able to change our mouth, but we can let God change our hearts. And if he changes our hearts, the things that come out of our mouth will be acceptable to him. And so let's pray one more time. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen.